wisdom And here comes the truth And here comes your favorite podcast Always still made for you I had a really weird breakthrough moment at, uh, at work the other day I can't remember what was going on, but I was it was one of those, you know, like in between classes where like kids are coming out, but then some kids need to talk to you. But then, then some kids are coming in and they're like, they want to know what's going on or they're telling you that they're going to miss something right away. Mm-hmm. I'll be gone. To, and then the other class is like, do I need to finish this? I'm going to be gone for, today. you know, and, and then I've got 30 kids coming in and the bell's ringing and we're supposed to be starting something. And he, it was just like one of those like in between. And like the classes where I was like, hey, guys, guys, listen. I'm like at work right now, okay? <laughs> and the kids were like, huh? I was like, yeah, like work. Like it's it's the worst, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so like I'm there right now. So can we just like chill for a sec? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Because like work, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, I feel for you, man. <laughs> it was this really <laughs> weird, like, zen moment in my class and now all the kids in the class like it's just a different vibe it literally changed the whole classroom because they were just like oh you're like doing a job eh like huh it was really weird i think they just think that i just live there and this is what i do every day he just likes like, doing this and, well, and i do but it. it's know, but... it's it's work and they get blew their minds and it was like a job. i'm like yeah i'm getting paid be with you you guys are my job and they're just like what it like blew their minds and blew my mind and now there's this whole new level of like camaraderie in my class it's really wild that's all that's left that's good in the world is nintendo, nintendo? yeah I, I i the more i think about it something bad's gonna happen with nintendo and it's well, gonna be so sad if something did happen do you know the the Nintendo the guy who's in charge of Nintendo of America it was Reggie Fee Ami now it's someone else, you know what his name is. What? It's Dan Bowser. His last name is Bowser. What? Are you serious? Yeah, He's like, taken over. Bowser is taken over Nintendo of America, and he leans into it pretty hard too. Like he he recognizes he has a very unique name, especially he milks it. Does he milk it? Yeah. Like his entire office is just nothing but Bowser, like plushes and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's good. Why Christian music's biggest stars refuse to change their tune for the Trump era. Okay. Is it time to stop? Have you had enough? I'm still Tell wondering why they would change so. their tune because. Yeah. Well, because it's like just saying like. Human rights? I don't know. Yeah, and you shouldn't like, I don't know, rape kids or. Families. Oh, like they yeah. believe in something. They, well, they should, right? Because they're. Preaching. Is that really what Christian pop is about? Is it really about believing in something? Or is it not being good enough as a musician to try and make it somewhere else? <laughs> oh, please be God. <laughs> I don't think Christian is really the most of All these other award categories for other albums, but. Uh, I'm going enchanting his name before he takes the stage. Torin. Torin. I don't know who it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, an electric guitar. Because I know. I know. Girls. Triumphant power courses. 
as fans hold their smartphone cameras aloft. Okay, whatever. Young woman squeals, an athletic young man in form-fitting gray pants and pink stripes runs into the stage with a huge smile. Don't leave me up here by myself. Let me hear you scream. The audience roars. It's another sellout crowd at center stage for Torin. That's a way to put it. stars in Christian contemporary music. Mm -hmm. The five-time Grammy nominee puts on a show that features plenty of impassioned singing, an assortment of moonwalks, popping and locking, street dance moves, and mini sermons about faith. Oh, it's like everything bad. It's so good. You could wrap up everything yeah, terrible yeah. into one thing. It's that concert. <laughs> yeah, there's one subject. Moves and face. Yeah. Yet there's one subject to Wells' supple vocal range won't preach. He won't sing about hot-button issues, and he won't criticize President Trump. I'd never oppose a president because I believe what Scripture says about giving honor to authority. The 33-year-old says, What? In interview, scripture that doesn't says mean I agree with authorities. Yeah, but I believe an attack on authority anywhere is an attack on authority. An attack on authority anywhere is an attack on authority everywhere. That's the dumbest <laughs> statement I have ever heard. Of. So China. LeBron, oh, this guy fits LeBron's right in with the world. He doesn't want to attack authority. No, don't yeah. you remember the Bible where Moses said, "I'm good." <laughs> Pharaoh, <laughs> this is go get. We you're the boss, Pharaoh. We good. I respect the Thorata. Frogs? No. Oh, man, that's Locus? insane. That's the dumbest <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. This sounds about as logical it's as the most a American, religious It's the most with. American like, you statement take... <laughs> you can make. The British? Hey, I'm okay with this. Except for the really good ones who are some of the dumbest people I know. Musicians. Who are also yeah. some of the most dumb people I know? You might have to edit okay. that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I probably okay. shouldn't say that out loud, but... Oh no, sorry, Carter. Very poignant. So, when I run for prime minister as a drama teacher. <laughs> if we are facing civil war, I think it'd be best if you knew how to defend yourself. And I know just the guy. <laughs> Count Dante! <laughs> so, so, there's this new trend in the comic book industry, and I love it. It's called facsimile editions. So, they take really landmark issues in the from the past and they reprint them um in, in such a way that they're identical except for the price on the cover it's a 12 <laughs> yeah instead of 12 cents it's like 4.99 us you know uh but it's page word for word page for page the exact same as the initial one back in the 60s was or 70s um and the best part of the advertisements Ooh. Because, you know, it's everyone's read, like, you know, uh, Giant Size X-Men number one before, but, you know, part of a collection, you know, that you get at the library or at a bookstore. But seeing the actual ads or, or something else. It's funny because we were talking about these ads the other day when we were doing Rocky Horror Picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we were doing, we were talking about Charles Atlas and uh, Steve Reeves and all these people that had all these ads in comic books for these kinds of 
exercise and fitness and workout oh, yeah. and self-defense stuff. And now you're talking about who? Count Dante. Deadliest Count? Man alive. Yes, the same Count Dante from the Black Dragon Fighting Society. <laughs> oh, so, the BDFS? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, these are all, you know, tailor-made for, for nerdy boys who are probably getting beat up on the playground and stuff. So what more would they want than a, a karate guide for free or $1.99, you know? Maybe some stretchy jeans so they could do their high kicks. <laughs> yeah. Or a gusset in the pants. So it's got a picture of Count Dante, and he's a white guy with an afro and a very angular... What? Wait, yeah. wait. First of all, he's, like, Asian? No, he's... But he's a white... It, but, all but these, all he's... these karate masters are white, and I read a bat, I read Batman 181 yesterday, uh, where it's like, so-and-so went to the Orient for three it's years. It's funny how it always takes a white guy to figure out everybody else's stuff, hey? <laughs> exactly. It's like, now we're going to send the white guy, and he's going to figure it all out, like... Like oh, Ryu, Ryu and Ken, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> Ryu and Ken, those are the guys that. It's funny how that works. Two white guys had to go to Japan and figure it out. Two white guys went to Japan with a Corvette and learned how to kick everybody's. <laughs> okay, so he's and a so white dude. Like three years in the Orient. That's it. Like that isn't very. He's long figuring out their entire can... tradition, hundreds of years of fighting. Yeah, Send a white guy. Three years. Got it. And he's already got the black belts and everything. So the ad says, Deadliest Man Alive. Count Dante is the undefeated supreme grandmaster of the fighting arts. Count Dante won the over world overall fighting arts championship, master and expert uh, divisions. After defeating the world's top masters of judo, boxing, wrestling, kung fu, karate, aikido, etc. in death matches. On August, <laughs> on August 1st, 1967, the World Federation of Fighting Arts crowned the Count the world's deadliest fighting arts champion and master. Now, Wait, who, who declared it? The World Federation of Fighting Arts. <laughs> okay, just made that one up, all right. Yep. WFFA. Yep. the world's deadliest fighting secrets can be yours. And so now, you know, you're reading the comic book and you're not just like, hmm, maybe this is cool. Now it's like, well, let me go look up this Count Dante fool on the internet, you know? All right, what's he done? Is there oh. pictures of him ripping people's heads off? Oh, not quite, not quite. He he was born to born in Illinois to a well-to-do Irish-American family. His dad was a doctor uh -huh. and a director oh, of a bank. Fight. So, yeah, rich boy here. Wait, he uh, was a doctor and a director of the bank? Yeah. <laughs> Holy white privilege. And his mom occasionally... Now, when I looked up the world... Federation of the Fighting Arts. Guess who comes up first? Count Dante. Wikipedia on <laughs> Count Dante. Wait a minute. Wait a Did he minute. make up the scout? Did his dad's banker friends make up the council? Maybe. One time at the Christmas board meeting when they were all drunk, I declare uh, a motion to create the World Fighting Federation of Arts Council. All in favor, all opposed. We have created cool. this council for my boy. You better not all right, be credit, you better carry not on. Be, you better not be reading ahead there. So, I just made, is that really what happened? No, no. So, uh, so Count Dante co-promoted America's first full contact style martial arts tournament at the University of Chicago in 1963. And he also worked as a hairdresser. World's <laughs> deadliest man! If you need a haircut, come Wait, see is me! Wait, is this not the Adam Sandler movie? You don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> don't mess with the Zohan. It's all just a Count Dante flick. I guess so. 
Well, so he grew disillusioned with the conventional karate's instructions focused on ceremony, tradition, and protocol. He he wanted to be effective, so he he developed his own stri- style that was street effective, and uh, the dance of death was his move. Uh, so if you learned all the steps of his dance of death, you were thereby an effective fighting master. Were you a lethal weapon? Were you considered a weapon <laughs> if you knew those moves? Oh, you know, deadliest man alive. And so he basically got famous for his comic book ads there. But uh, what? So the Black Dragon Fighting Society has no confe- no no connection and should not be confused with the Japanese Black Dragon Society, which is an ultranationalist secret society during the 30s and 40s. Whoa. <laughs> but what I want to talk about most is the Dojo Wars. So I've been watching Cobra Kai on YouTube there. That's the uh, continuation of the Karate Kid. Oh, yeah, I've heard all about yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But uh, what it is is that the bad guy starts up uh, his old gym again uh, Cobra Kai. And he's sort of in a feud with uh, Ralph Macchio's character there. And, you know, it's just sort of, you know, good-natured fun. But uh, there was some dojo wars back in Chicago there when Count Dante was charged with attempted arson when him and uh, an accomplice, Douglas Dwyer, bracket, what? the second deadliest man alive, <laughs> were Whoa. arrested taping dynamite to a rival Chicago <laughs> dojo. Both claimed to be under the influence of alcohol at the time, but Dante what? claimed this was a disagreement <laughs> with the dojo's owner over payment for a tournament. Why didn't they just do the dance of death on that fool? No, why couldn't they just karate chop the bricks themselves in the building? Take it down in a couple hours, I... man. So it doesn't stop there, you know? The I mean, do- a couple minutes. I've seen Taekwondo guys do 12 bricks in one hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many bricks are in the building? <laughs> you know, you and this is the deadliest bricks. man in the world. Yeah. So he could probably do 144 bricks per hit. He's got four limbs, four of those 288, 556. He could take down a wall in about three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. Especially when the second deadliest man alive is with you. I know, and that guy can at least take 400 bricks a minute down. <laughs> so everything came to a head April 24th, 1970, where Dante and some of his students went to a rival dojo. And according <laughs> this to press coverage, upon entering the school, they claimed to be police officers, and then they attacked the rival dojo students. It was this is O.J. Simpson. Pretty much. It was a brief battle. And it resulted in the death of one of Dante's friends, Jim Konosevic. Someone freaking died. The third deadliest. <laughs> Someone died in the Dojo War. I'm a veteran of what? The Dojo Wars. That's actually street cred. Like okay, he should make a gangster rap album about his it's about his brothers who died at the Dojo Wars. Wu Tang would be all over that. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're the, the thirty-seven dojos. I'm sure the RZA knows this guy. I so like the times when he could be caught taping dynamite to buildings and just <laughs> continue, continue living. Yeah, just some mild, some mild dynamite. So Robert Cooley wrote a book uh, called "When Corruption Was King." Two things you know, Trevor. Collusion was king. <laughs> yeah. So he was a mob lawyer, and he represented Count Dante uh, the, about the <laughs> Dojo Wars there. And so Dante was ultimately acquitted, but both sides were given a stern lecture by the judge, citing everyone at fault. 
<laughs> and he also uh, suggested Count kind of Dante was a mastermind in the notorious 1974 Chicago Pure Later vault robbery where $4.3 million were stolen. Whoa, I like Count Dante again. Yeah, he was he was questioned by an Illinois grand jury, but ultimately passed the lie detector test. So, he's in. And those are real. He's innocent. If you're the deadliest man in the world, you don't know how to beat a lie detector? Yeah. I could beat a lie detector. One year later, he was dead. Bleeding ulcer, died in his sleep. Or was Whoa. he poisoned as part of the, the cold dojo war? Or did he fake his death? Maybe. And he's like, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> but no, Car, this, that was amazing. This comic book ad came out in February 1975, and he was dead by May 1975. You know, this is going to be some stupid serial season four thing. God, oh, God. God. <laughs> Somebody's going to turn our amazing three-minute segment into ten episodes sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> oh, God, I hate the internet. Carter, you did really well on this. Okay, yeah. good. That is a gold mine. That is rich. And oh. we just skim the surface and mock it. And we don't go into 10 episodes. There, there might be more, too, because I get like three of these facsimile issues a month, you know? And they're just, the ads are just so preying on kids. Just everything's a freaking scam, you know? Like, this is beautiful. Like technology that doesn't even exist in 2019, you know? But for a dollar. Well, the x ray vision goggles were the best. Yeah. And that's <laughs> all it is. Now every comic ad is like, hey, buy the new Honda Civic because we know you're a 40-year-old dad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but back then, it was just all free. Yeah, not too many other people are dropping $5 for 22 issues of story, you know? Or, God, yeah. what was that? Carter, did you ever get into... No, I got a bunch of old Conan black and white comics from an uncle. Yeah. The thing that was in them forever was, like, mail-in RPGs. Oh, like no. Strategy games where you mail in your moves. Wow, that would take oh, pay for it. This is a Trevor kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> Free to pay except for the postage. Wow. I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that. That would okay, be like a dollar a move. I want some research on that. Okay. Not if you had forever stamps. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Load up on some your grandma has forever stamps. You know it. <laughs> How much would that yeah. bug you though once your moves in the mail? Only have so much time to you have time to play. That's amazing. Somehow That's phone like the other people game. in the this is like space, the other but people in the real world. <laughs> oh my god, I want to do this. Oh, I really want to do a a mail order RPG game amongst a group of friends. <laughs> At every move, you could communicate. You could send messages. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> oh, I want to do this. There's got to be people that still do it, right? We'll find out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Think, uh... I'd pay 200 bucks to play around. That would yeah, be the most fun. <laughs> Imagine getting a letter every three days about a move. And then you have correspondence days where you, oh my god, that would be so fun. And then trying to figure out who the people are in the real world mm -hmm. and like manipulating them. The postal hobby still exists with an estimated 2,000 to 3,000 adherents worldwide. Those are the worldwide. best people in the world. 
They'd, they'd be so old except for Trevor. <laughs> On the next episode of Here Comes the Wisdom, dun, 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 Trevor goes to the post office. Dun, 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 dun. Hi, can I buy 700 stamps? Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. I just made the show music there too, Carter. Time to blow the Chris Hansen alarm. Oh, <laughs> this is probably like, one of the best things ever. Like Chris Hansen is. Can we down can and cue the proclaimers? Da 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 da. No, let's I'm give credit to you know, CNN had this up high on their page. They knew what they had. A man. How would you describe? Because the article starts with a picture. He's sub neckbeard. I don't think he's well. Okay, so a man, a man walked from Indianapolis to Wisconsin, a 351 mile journey to have sex with a person he believed was a 14 year old girl that he'd been talking to on Facebook. Oh, God. Instead, he was talking to a Winnebago County Sheriff's deputy working at the Intercrimes Against Children Task Force. That's a long walk up. That's longer than Dauphin to Flin Flon. I did the math. I think that's like 305 miles, Trevor, right? So that's five and a half hours of driving (laughs) on a straight road. This guy walked that far. It'd be six hours. So far. Just to take a seat. Now, we posted this in a group. Can I get you some Gatorade? (laughs) <laughs> are you walking a long time? Are you wearing a diaper? <laughs> how how long would that take? Oh, let's, let's Google Map it here. Let's see. Where did he stay? Side of the road, man. He just had those endorphins, you know. He knew what was happening once he arrived. You know. But there's so many questions. Okay, here you walk so, 400 miles. That's a that's like an epic journey. Like yeah. there's no so, who could t- who should tell the story. I've got how many would hours be the, it is. Okay. How many? Who would be the so, yeah? How so many hours? Let me guess. Let Flint, me guess. Yeah. So Flint Flint's five hours and 17 minutes. Four Dauphin hours. to Flint Flon. So you tell me how many hours to walk to from Dauphin to Flint Flon. I'd say 95 Just hours, like without yes. stopping. Just under 195. It's close. A six per. <laughs> six is a decent jog. 113 hours. It's 105, according to Google. Mm-hmm. And Google's always a little slow. <laughs> you know, yeah. so my Brent would probably be right there at 95. But that's, you know, he walked farther than Dauphin to Flin Flon. So. It would have been like 120 hours. So if you walked, what, 20 hours a day? Oh, I guess that's only like eight or nine days of walking. But like you're typing with like someone and be like, hey, I'll be there in a week. Oh, yeah. And he's beating it the whole way. Like, is he just walking in the bush every once in a while? <laughs> like, he's going to arrive and just be so exhausted. 
He's not gonna Amazing. Be able to do that. Be like, can I just go to bed? Uh, one of his texts to her. This was on Facebook Messenger. I'll tell you when I he knew what was up. I'll tell you when I get there. One eight hundred. One hundred eight miles by walking. I got 108, 108 hours to go. Imagine being the cops on the other end of this. Like, oh, my God. You know, they were all, like, eating donuts, putting bets. They were had a calendar. They had a pool. Exactly. About when this – is this real? What time he's going to show up? Like, they must have been – this would have been a week of, oh. like, amazing – cop banter it, it would have been terrible because instead of like oh hey we're, we're working four hours tonight it's like well we got a 48 hour window where he may arrive you know and do you do you what do you how do you bust him how do you, you have do to it get an act you have to get an actor right like a yeah you have to get the kid i'm just changing for a second and to have some drinks on the table probably or whatever but when you come out and tell him like, do you say, first of all, before we, I mean, congratulations on walking 400 miles. Uh, now there's some bad news that you can probably guess. Like, does they it hurt you called, or does it make it even yeah. sweeter? Well, if like, they didn't call in Chris Hansen, which they didn't, they <laughs> failed. Like, they lost an opportunity. Yeah. Like, do you think he has any excuses? Like, oh no, I was just here to teach her life. <laughs> well, he's severely and he mentally six ill. Days for that. Uh, he's just, like yeah. that, that guy's not there. So we were posting in the group chat about this man who's a pedophile, and our friend said, friend of the show, said, I think there was just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> He was a pedophile in terms of walking. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing I, joke. The only I mean, you shouldn't is... make a joke in that situation, but you probably should make a joke <laughs> in that situation. That's funny. I wouldn't call him a friend of the show. I'd call him a co-founder of the show. That's right. <laughs> He's still on. Is he there, Jamie? Jamie, you here? Oh, no. He must have a connection problem again. 251 episodes later. Uh, now, do you, if you're, if that's your job, that's, isn't that a really easy job? Going on to chat things. And Lori yeah. Perves? Yeah. Would it really screw with you or not? Not like you're doing, yeah. there'd be things that I are imagine much there's worse. a lot of guys high-fiving in a room. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. one! <laughs> Reel them in, reel them in. <laughs> uh, no, there's a lot of bro high fiving, a lot yeah, of old people on their heads. Mm -hmm. Then you have to have the girl with the high voice as part of the team too. Yeah. Don't screw it up, Cynthia. When I wake up, well I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I haver, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you. But I 